Section 24 of Jataka Tales by H. T. Francis and E. J. Thomas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Jackal and the Crow Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta was king of Benares, the Bodhisatta became a tree spirit in a certain rose apple grove. A crow perched upon a branch of his tree and began to eat the fruit. Then came a jackal and looked up and spied the crow. Thought he, if I flatter this creature, perhaps I shall get some of that fruit to eat. So in flattery he repeated the first stanza. Who is it sits in a rose-apple tree, sweet singer, whose voice trickles so gently to me? Like a young peacock she coos with soft grace, and ever sits still in her place. The crow, in his praise, responded with the second. He that is noble in breeding and birth can praise others' breeding, knows what they are worth. Like a young tiger thou seemest to be. Come, eat what I give, sir, to thee. With these words she shook the branch and made some fruit drop. Then the spirit of the tree, beholding these two eating, after flattering each other, repeated the third stanza. Liars, full gather, I very well know. Here, for example, a carrion crow, and a corpse-eating jackal, with puerile clatter, proceed one another to flatter. After repeating this stanza, the tree-spirit, assuming a fearful shape, scared them both away. THE WOLF'S SABBATH Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta reigned king in Benares, the Bodhisatta came to life as Saka, king of the gods. At that time a wolf lived on a rock by the Ganges' bank. The winter floods came up and surrounded the rock. There he lay upon the rock, with no food and no way of getting it. The water rose and rose, and the wolf pondered. "'No food here and no way to get it. Here I lie with nothing to do. I may as well keep a Sabbath fast.' Thus resolved to keep a Sabbath, as he lay, he solemnly resolved to keep the religious precepts. Saka, in his meditations, perceived the wolf's weak resolve. Thought he, I'll plague that wolf. And taking the shape of a wild goat, he stood near and let the wolf see him. I'll keep Sabbath another day, thought the wolf, as he spied him. Up he got and leapt at the creature. But the goat jumped about so that the wolf could not catch him. When our wolf saw that he could not catch him, he came to a standstill and went back, thinking to himself as he lay down again, "'Well, my Sabbath is not broken after all!' Then Saka, by his divine power, hovered above in the air. Said he, "'What have such as you all unstable to do with keeping a Sabbath? You didn't know that I was Saka and wanted a meal of goat's flesh!' And thus plaguing and rebuking him, he returned to the world of the gods. THE KING AND THE FRUIT GIRL Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta was king at Benares, the Bodhisatta was his minister and his temporal and spiritual adviser. Now one day the king stood at an open window looking into the palace court, and at this very moment the daughter of a fruiterer, a beautiful girl in the flower of her youth, stood with a basket of jujubes on her head, crying, "'Jujubes! Ripe jujubes! Who'll buy my jujubes?' But she did not venture into the royal court. And the king no sooner heard her voice than he fell in love with her, 
and when he learned that she was unmarried, he sent for her and raised her to the dignity of chief queen, and bestowed great honor upon her. Now she was dear and pleasing in the king's eyes, and one day the king sat eating jujubes in a golden dish, and the queen Sujata, when he saw the king eating jujubes, asked him, saying, "'My lord, what in the world are you eating?' and she uttered the first stanza. "'What is this egg-shaped fruit, my lord, so pretty and red of hue, in a gold dish set before thee? Pray tell me where they grew.' And the king was wroth, and said, "'O daughter of a greengrocer, dealer in ripe jujubes, do you not recognize the jujubes, the special fruit of your own family?' And he repeated two stanzas. Bareheaded and meanly clad, my queen, thou once didst feel no shame to fill thy lap with the jujube fruit, and now thou dost ask its name. Thou art eaten up with pride, my queen, thou findest no pleasure in life. Be gone and gather thy jujubes again. Thou shalt be no longer my wife. Then the Bodhisatta thought, No one except myself will be able to reconcile this pair. I will appease the king's anger and prevent him from turning her out of doors. Then he repeated the fourth stanza. These are the sins of a woman, my lord, promoted to high estate. Forgive her and cease from thine anger, O king, for t'was thou didst make her great. So the king at his word put up with the offense of the queen and restored her to her former position, and thenceforth they lived amicably together. THE WOODPECKER AND THE LION Once upon a time when Brahmadatta was reigning in Benares, the Bodhisatta came to life as a woodpecker in the Himalaya country. Now a certain lion, while devouring his prey, had a bone stick in his throat. His throat swelled up so that he could not take any food, and severe pain set in. Then this woodpecker, while intent on seeking its own food, as it was perched on a bough, saw the lion and asked him, saying, friend what ails you he told him what was the matter and the bird said i would take the bone out of your throat friend but i dare not put my head into your mouth for fear you should eat me up do not be afraid friend i will not eat you up only save my life all right said the bird and ordered the lion to lie down upon his side then it thought who knows what this fellow will be about? And to prevent his closing his mouth, it fixed a stick between his upper and lower jaw, and then, entering into the lion's mouth, it struck the end of the bone with its beak. The bone fell out and disappeared. And then the woodpecker came out of the lion's mouth, and with a blow from its beak knocked out the stick, and, hopping off, sat on the top of a bough. The lion recovered from his sickness, and one day was devouring a wild buffalo which he had killed. Thought the woodpecker, I will now put him to the test, and perching on a bough above the lion's head, it fell to conversing with him and uttered the first stanza. Kindness as much as in us lay, to thee, my lord, we once did show. On us in turn we humbly pray, do thou a trifling boon bestow. On hearing this, the lion repeated the second stanza. 
to trust thy head to a lion's jaw, a creature red in tooth and claw, to dare such a deed and be living still, is token enough of my good will. The woodpecker, on hearing this, uttered two more stanzas. From the base ingrate, hope not to obtain the due requital of good services done. From bitter thought and angry word refrain, but haste the presence of the wretch to shun. With these words, the woodpecker flew away. End of section 24